Well, hello and welcome to the third episode of the Teacher of the Film Buff podcast. Whew, uh, this will be a uh, review of episode three of Game of Thrones season eight titled The Long Night. Wow. Um, now, there have been many battle episodes in the history of Game of Thrones, uh, Blackwater, um, even Watchers on the Wall, Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, the Battle Beyond the Wall last year. This one, this one was quite the achievement, I have to say. I mean, whether it comes down to the fact that they filmed for, oh, I don't know, seven weeks, seven, eight weeks, like something like 55 night shoots. I don't know if it was in a row. I can't imagine it was continuous, but it's something like the longest continuous fight sequence in film history, that be on the TV or film side. So it's quite the episode. I mean, there are some flaws here and there. I, I, I'll get into that in a little bit, but... I don't remember an episode like this where I was jumping up and down, yelling at the screen. Um, man, I, it's just a lot to process, and that's why it's nice that it took an extra day to record this, uh, watch it a second time, which I did watch uh, immediately after um, seeing it the first time. Um, and let's let's jump right into it. So, uh, I, it's directed by Miguel Sapochnik, who also directed uh, season six's Battle of the Bastards, Winds of Winter, as well as season five's Hard Home, um, three of the best episodes of Game of Thrones of all time. And this will certainly rank up there. Uh, a little bit divisive uh, from the ending that we'll get to, but uh, in terms of pure filming techniques and, and the visceralness of, of the entire thing, it's it's. It's one of the best sequence battle sequences I've probably ever seen put to film, and um, you know, within the first 15 minutes, there's definitely some trouble seeing. Um, the lighting is is dark, but um, that was definitely intentional, from my opinion, at least, from Sapochnik and the the, the rest of the Game of Thrones producers, and um, they want they want to put you right in the battle with, with on the ground, and that's the nice thing about Game of Thrones is the battles in Game of Thrones have never really been. Um, you know, from the, the God's eye point of view or from above. I mean, you do get the occasional dragon shots here and there, but uh, it's, it's always been you're on the you're on the battlefield with the rest of, um, you know, the, the, the crew on both sides, the, the good and bad. You're you're never really you never really have that up uh, shot from above. It's you know, you're with Jon Snow um, running up to the, the horses against Ramsey Bolton in the Battle of the Bastards. Um, you're certainly with all the living uh, against the army of the dead and hard home and, and that's the same thing here you know whether it's the storm that it, it kind of um, you know blocks the eye for quite a bit and blocks john and danny up above on the dragons or it's just the dark lighting um i, I you know it, as hard as it was to see at times it it does add to the visceralness of the, the entire um entire episode so yeah, sure. You can't see anything for the first fifteen minutes, but boy, does it it picks up from there. And and I even had to stop taking notes because it, it, there's just too much going on. It's too intense. I, I I normally take notes throughout the episode, but I I had to stop at this one. But um, really starting off, Melisandre walking out there. I mean, that was a surprise. I mean, sure, there's people, and and I being one of them that thought she was going to show up at one point, but I didn't think it. I didn't wasn't sure if it was going to be. You know the battle episode here but walking out just very um ominous almost and uh i love the the, the almost they're giving you hope by having her light the the swords of the entire 
um, Dothraki army, and, and I don't know why the decision was to send them out immediately into uh, the darkness. It, I mean, who thought that they were actually going to come out of that living? Um, you have Jorah on the front lines there. They even put Ghost on the front lines. Wow. I mean, I when, when I see them all go out there and, and all the lights of their swords go dark, and then you see a couple of them run back, I'm like, well, okay, they just, they just killed Ghost. The one thing I did not want them to do in this season, but uh, no, they did not because he's in the preview for the next week's episode. So truth behold, and, and uh, you know, everyone rejoice. Ghost is alive. He's, he's, he's not dead yet. And hopefully at this point, what's the point of killing him, right? Um, but, but that's really the beginning of the episode. So they, you know, they go out there, they, uh, the entire Dothraki army essentially defeated. And there's a couple of them that come back. But at that point, I mean, there's been little dialogue at all, but uh, that's when the intensity really ramps up. Daenerys has had enough. She gets right on her dragon. Um, and as soon as that uh, the army of the dead starts coming, you just hear him. You don't see him. You just hear him. And you see Sansa and Arya's reaction um, on top of the uh, the castle there. And, and I love just the facial reactions. You see Grey Worm putting on his helmet. Boy, I thought he was toast as well. But... Um, from there, it's just chaos. It's absolute chaos. There, at one point, they're trying to light the trenches. Um, I thought that was Grey Worm's last last hope. He's gonna oh, he's gonna light the trenches, and then he's gonna go out, right? Nope, no. We have Melisandre to thank for that as well. Somehow, some way, Grey Worm uh, survived that. But um, and then the, we we get into the the dragon battle, and and again, not the easiest to see. It's it's up there in the in the storms. You can't necessarily see exactly which dragon is attacking um, which. But you have three dragons at once, and 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 even before the Night King, uh, you know, enters the episode, you have that moment. Uh, it's sort of funny, but really kind of horrorish almost. The dragons run into each other, with John and Danny not being able to see each other. Um, luckily, that didn't turn out too horribly, but. Uh, the Night King finally does enter the fold, and he does that. You know, he reaches out his arm after Bran sends the uh, the Raven up there, essentially somehow communicating to his army to form the pile and then stop the the fire, put out the fire in certain spots. I mean, you, you can't tell me that this guy's just a zombie. He, he's not gonna just. How, how does he? How else does he command from all the way up on a dragon to essentially? Uh, command his army to do so those aren't, those aren't just mindless zombies like you see on the walking dead sometimes that's there's something else there and we'll get into that more about how that might be a little bit disappointing that we didn't get more into the the night king and his desires and uh, his abilities but um but that was that was terrifying seeing the entire army that that essentially breached the the castle um yeah i mean it, it, we get we go then to you know all of the the good guys. You have Jamie, Brienne, uh, Grey Worm, Ed, Sam, Tormund, um, Arya is even in the the mix there. All of them have so many brushes with death, and at some point it does become a little bit tiresome that the you know none of the main characters are dying. Um, then you have Ed getting stabbed through the head, and that was you know you saw it coming he was he was 100% on my list going to die this week but so was Grey Worm you know um but uh you know it's what's funny is that last week's episode focused on Jamie and Brienne a lot and that was essentially their their episode together but they're barely in this week's episode I mean you have a couple you know brushes with death here and there 
Um, they get pinned against the wall a couple times, but you know they, they inevitably get saved. And at this point, if they survive this battle, I, I I don't know that they they die in the battle against Cersei. I mean, you have to imagine they were keeping some of these big guys alive to to kill off in the next battle to feel the the weight of that battle as well. But um, I, this this really felt like that that time um, for for one or each of them to go. I mean, Jamie probably has, you know, another scene or two with Cersei, but Brienne for sure. I thought that was, that was the end of her, but, um, going back to the actual death. So I am, as I mentioned, you know, Ed getting stabbed through the head. Then you have Liana Mormont, uh, going up against the, the big giant. And I, I love the way that Dan and Dave described it in the, the episode or the inside the episode after is that they were, you know, they wanted a moment where one of the shortest characters on the show was defeating one of the biggest characters on the show. And whether or not it's, you know, it's kind of cheesy, oh, Leanna Mormont was only supposed to be one episode character, and then they had her have this big death. Doesn't matter to me. I thought that was badass. I mean, seeing her take out uh, a, a freaking, I mean, white giant, whatever you want to call I mean, that was a White Walker giant. I mean, that was incredible. I don't know that any other living character has done that on the show besides um you know i guess ramsey and the rest of the boltons did put a bunch of arrows and one one at the end of the uh, battle of bastards but that wasn't one person that was you know several um but then you had uh beric the darian uh he died within the castle there with the hound as he they were protecting Arya, which you know is interesting because beric the darian what he came back to life six or seven times or something like that throughout the course of the show you don't see um, all of the the resurrections, but that's one of the things that he does mention. It's been you know, six or seven times, and you wonder what, why does a guy like that get six or seven chances? What's his purpose? Well, we find out that his purpose really was just protecting Arya um, and getting to getting her to her purpose of eventually killing the Night King. And I also do love those little bits, little scenes with the Hound. You knew it was coming when he was going to freeze up in the battlefield, seeing all the fire, seeing all the, the whites and kind of have that moment of, well, what's the point of all this? We're not going to win this. But then, uh, you know, he comes back once he sees Arya falling down the the, the roof of the, the castle there. And, and Beric's like, you know, tell that to her, you know, we're going to lose it. Well, no, he, he goes right after Arya and he, he saves her. And that's, that, that's, you know, as much as everyone said that we didn't get enough the Hound and, and Arya scenes in the first two weeks, that was really nice to see that they paired them together. And yeah, it's obvious, but um you know it, it fit it fit for sure um but then that leads us to the scene with Arya and melisandra now the thing about this scene is that i like i mentioned um i don't know if it was a tweet of mine or it was in the podcast last week but you know you knew that melisandra and Arya had to meet again after their scene in season three when she told Arya that we're going to meet again sometime i've seen you you know you're going to whatever that quote is you're going to become a warrior you're going to shut blue eyes or green eyes brown eyes blue eyes i mean that's you you thought at the time because she was going towards the house of black and white in season five and season six oh well melisandre's just talking about the fact that she's becoming a faceless man and she's you know using the faces of people who are brown eyes green eyes blue eyes but it looks like that that really did mean the night king in a way and i know that people pointed out online how um alder frey has brown eyes the Night King has blue eyes, who she just killed. She's killed both of them. And then Cersei has green eyes. I don't know that I see Arya killing Cersei. 
I, I do like the theory of her using Jamie's face, but to me that would mean that Jamie's dead. And I don't like the fact that Jamie would die not with Cersei. Um, and if he dies with Cersei, there's no way that Arya would be able to take his face right in front of Cersei. So you know what I mean? Like there's, I, I don't like the fact that Jamie's last scene wouldn't be with Cersei and his last scene would be what as Arya's face. I mean that, I don't know that to, I like the theory, but it's a lot like um, the Azor High and the Prince who was promised and all these other prophecies and the Valonqar. It's like, it's cool, but I'm not sure how much the show is going to dive into it, especially considering how they end or how they handled the end of the Night King. Um, uh, in the last couple of deaths, we'll touch on a little bit yet. Theon and Jorah there, but uh, the close calls. I mean, as I mentioned, Sam got tackled like five or six times by whites. How in the world does he survive when half the battle he's running away? You know. Uh, getting tackled not being barely saved by his you know by ed and uh the others there i don't know Tormund had many times where he was on top of a pile of whites uh you know gray worm as i said it feel like he got tackled a couple times brianna jamie we've already mentioned ghost we've already mentioned it did you know as much as i love the episode it did feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity that um you know you didn't really get to see any of the dead characters that we know and love come back to life as whites i mean yeah you sure you see ed you know his eyes turn blue same with liana but it's not like you really see them die again like having sam try to kill ed again or somebody have to kill liana it's like you know they it, it, i don't want to say a missed opportunity but it does kind of feel like that um, but let's, let's, let's touch on Melisandre. So as we said, so she had the scene with Arya tonight, but she also, you know, lit the, uh, the flame, the swords. Um, she also lit the trench. Um, but it, man, she played a vital role tonight. And I thought that there would be, um, you know, some version of the Lord of light, whether she's the manifestation of the Lord of light, but that's like the one religion on the show that they've touched on that actually has some merit to it, that, that it shown us that there's something to the lord of light you know it's he or she has brought back barrington darian um essentially using the lord of light's powers melisandre has brought back Jon snow so um i guess you did kind of get the manifestation of the lord of light through melisandre when she was doing the spells um and and, a, and able to to light the um the fire in, in multiple occasions but that really does bring her arc to a close, right? I mean, her purpose has always been to serve the Lord of Light, and she always had the prince who was promised, as you know, once it was Stannis, then she kind of turned to it being Jon Snow after the Battle of Bastards. But then after she was kind of banished from uh, Winterfell, she went to Daenerys and said that, um, you know, I believe you have a role to play in the wars to come. Um, although, you know, High Valyrian is non-gender in the, the language so that's why it's prince or princess who was promised that's why people think it's danny and john but uh, that seems to be that they're kind of pushing that aside because if you think about it um the actual context of the the azora high um, prophecy goes like this and i don't really understand the I'm not going to pretend to understand all of the, the dialogue here, but there will come a day after a long summer when the stars bleed and the cold breath of darkness falls heavy on the world. So essentially they're saying, you know, the White Walkers. In this dread hour, a warrior shall draw 
from the fire a burning sword, and that sword shall be Lightbringer, the red sword of heroes, and he who clasps it shall be Azorahai come again, and the darkness shall flee before him. So you would think that they're talking about the White Walkers, the Army of the Dead, Winter, you know, however you want to describe it, and there will be, you know, a prince or princess who was promised essentially Azorahai come and defeat the Night King slash Army of the Dead with a flaming sword. So everyone always thought that that brought itself back to, you know, Beric Dondarrion with his flaming sword or Thor Sumir. Um, doesn't seem like that that's, you know, where they're going to go with this because the person who ended um, the Long Night essentially was Arya Stark. Um, I don't believe that she's the princess who was promised. Doesn't seem to really fit, but I do love how well they set it up that she was the one who killed the Night King. And I know that Dan and Dave said after that they've known for three years um, that she would be the one to kill the Night King, which is fascinating. It almost is funny because if they mean three years, that mean right around 2016. That's right around season six, which would also mean that they would have already filmed hard home which is when the night king raises his arms stares down Jon snow and you think right at that moment you're like i don't know how this ends but i know it ends with john defeating the night king vice versa right but that's not that's not where they went so they went with the Arya stark but um it's perfect the way they set this up through this season last season um and all the seasons before you have her in the first episode of the season, during the reunion with John and Arya, you have her sneaking up on John. John specifically asks her, "How did you sneak up on me?" Um, and she, you know, she doesn't. She gives a non-answer or whatever. But it's in that exact spot that she eventually kills the Night King, sneaks up on him, stabs him. Um, and you do have that one shot of the White Walker turning right before you see Arya jump towards him. So it's like the one White Walker did see her, but wasn't able to react in time. And I get it. It's, you know, maybe it's impossible that she would actually be able to get past all those whites and White Walkers. But what did we spend two years with her at the House of Black and White training for that? She's a freaking assassin. She's going to be able to sneak up on people, suspend disbelief a little bit, you know? Uh, I thought that was really nice, though. So they set that up in the first episode of the season, sneaking up at the same spot. She also, in that same spot, got the dagger that she used to kill the Night King from Bran, which is Cat's Paw, which in itself is a fascinating arc that that dagger went through from being the dagger that was... Um, you know, used to almost kill Bran while he was in a coma. It's the same dagger that people thought was Tyrion's, who then people thought was uh peter baelish's uh that that dagger has been through a ton and it actually is shown in one of the books that sam looks at in season uh season seven so it, it, it's interesting the way that they um set that up as well and then lastly in the, that same spot where Arya kills the night king is the actual birthplace of the night king essentially so that's where the children of the forest as we see in season six during one of the flashbacks stab the soon-to-be night king through the heart with dragonglass essentially birthing him to and they originally created the white walkers to uh you know battle the actual first men and humans so it's it's interesting the the uh, full circle that the the night king has come whether or not you feel that it's a satisfactory ending um is up for debate and i surely am right there with you i'm not sure how i feel exactly about 
you know, the ending and how there's still three episodes left. And you feel like, oh, they've been building up the White Walkers for this entire time. Uh, but really, you, you don't see the Night King until season four, I believe, is when you see him take one of Craster's kids um, for the first time actually on camera and see his the night king's face and then you really in full glory see him in season five so if you think about it yeah sure we've seen white walker since the first ever episode winter is coming but the only villain who's been a villain since the first ever episode and stayed a villain through this past episode and through this season is cersei lannister so yeah sure maybe it's not completely um you know maybe it's not a full arc maybe you don't maybe you believe that like i thought last week that the night king was going to not show up to the battle of winterfell go south deplete the most of cersei's army um burn down king's landing or not really burn down you know bring winter to it so it's like da daenerys's vision in season two um that didn't happen so i mean i can't believe that they didn't bring winter all the way south like they kind of you think that they promised but that's what we got here and and i love the uh the tweet that ryan johnson who's the director of star wars the last jedi from 2017 he tweeted out uh, shortly after the episode he said well dang i had all these night king theories so he's you know he's commenting on the fact that after the last jedi when everyone would have all of their theories on uh, supreme leader snoke and you know of course he died in that in, in that movie however was coming after ryan johnson and the rest of the star wars crew like hey you just built up this big big bad and then he killed him in the second episode or second movie but it is the seventh episode or eighth episode but um but this is the same thing so i i found that really funny how he how he commented on that and it's true i mean you, you can build up all your theories all you want hey is brand the night king no no he's not but um it, you know it's your right to think that they might be building up the, the the show to have some sort of big you know reveal but i do kind of like that the bait switch i mean i when i saw Arya jumping towards the night king i got up off the couch and yelled i was you know i mean you don't have shows like this i mean there's no other show on the air like game of thrones that that gets you that into the into the episode i couldn't sit um, I was nervous throughout the entire episode. I was shaking throughout the first 10 to 15 minutes. So I really don't have many gripes, um, you know, at all. But um, really final thoughts from here. I know that there was, um, you know, a couple things that I didn't touch on, you know, the, down there in the crypts, you had Tyrion and Sansa kind of having a couple nice moments, whether or not that's them rekindling their marriage at some point. I'm not sure that that's the direction they'll go, but uh, I really, really liked those scenes couple of people in the crypts ended up dying because like people thought they they did the night king did raise um some dead starks i guess you couldn't really tell if they were starks or not but if you know if they're in the crypts i guess that's you know that's them it's not like we saw them that stark or anything like that but that was a nice touch especially because um that was a lot of people's you know predictions so um, that was that was cool to see, but it comes down to Tyrion Sansa there, the the heart of the the crypts down there. Of course, you have Varys and Gilly um, and Masande, and it, man, I really thought Varys was going to die this episode. That would have been a nice uh, nice way for him to go, especially in the presence of Ned Stark, who all the way back in season one always was preaching to to Varys about you know not having any loyalties and uh, you know for for him to die in front of Ned Stark. I think that would that would have been a nice nice fitting. Uh, end to his arc but 
be it that it may, I mean, he obviously has, there's something else that the, the showrunners have planned for Varys, so I gotta assume that he's gonna die within the next three episodes, considering Melisandre told Varys that he would die in Westeros, so um, we'll see. Um, but at this point, it's, it's what, are we, what are my final thoughts here? I mean, what do we, what do we think is gonna happen? So next week's episode is most likely gonna be a more calm, um, you know, dialogue-centric, not as much battle. I mean, maybe there is a, you know, a brief battle. Maybe, maybe Bronn gets involved with Tyrion and Jamie, but I would have to imagine that episode five would be the one that's, that goes back to, um, you know, Miguel Sapochnik, I believe he's the director announced for episode five. So you have to believe if Sapochnik is directing an episode, it's going to be a pretty battle heavy. Um, so that's probably where the last, you know, battle per se is with Cersei, Euron, the Golden Company. And then episode six, I mean, how exactly does that plan out or pan out? Because, you know, if episode five is the battle, you, you'd have to imagine that Cersei goes down um, that week. But, you know, perhaps the episode six is just kind of the fallout and everybody deciding who's going to get the Iron Throne, which is even more fascinating now that uh, the Night King is is finished and it comes down to Danny and John, I guess. Unless Sansa and Tyrion are going to be some sort of um co-leaders I, I still still stick to my theory that somehow some way king's landing will not be the center of westeros anymore in terms of ruling i believe that it will end up uh going to the north and that's where sansa will rule i still stay by sansa being the rule ruler of the seven kingdoms unless they do go the democracy route and have you know a different ruler in each kingdom that could be cool as well but it's more predictable in my opinion um, but that's really it. At this point, that the army is completely or almost completely depleted. It's fascinating to see what the good guys are going to do in this situation. You have a couple dragons left. You have ghosts, but those dragons are on their last legs. The Golden Company is in full, full shape to to go through a, a battle. Um, man, I, I don't know. I I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm fascinated. I can't wait uh, for this weekend as well. And boy oh boy was that an episode huh all right well that's that's it for tonight's episode uh until next time thanks